This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, so we're continuing with a series called uh, Kingdom Vision. We started last week, Sunday. And uh, so we continue this week. I want to speak to you about unleashing the lion. How to unleash the lion. So um, about two years ago, three years ago, we were in Brazil, and uh, God was moving mightily. It was incredible meetings, incredible things happening, something like 400 people physically healed, power of God coming upon lives, 150 people committing their lives to Christ, and, and people having incredible God encounters. It was one of the most significant weeks I've I've ever experienced in terms of ministry, and, and there was this one young man that didn't know Jesus, but he was like just standing there, at, but, but he was, it was like shaking, he was trembling, and, and some of our team members asked him what, what's going on, and he said, I'm seeing a lion, I'm seeing a lion, and he was like trembling. And he was not a believer in Christ, but he had this amazing God encounter, and he committed his life to Christ that evening. But I will never forget that, that, that moment where he said, I'm seeing a lion. I'm like, yes, the lion of Judah is with us. And when we were now in Cambridge again, uh, I think one of the first or second night, I just felt God say, speak to my heart, to my spirit, just saying to me, I have come to set my people free. And then God just started to move, setting people free, saving, delivering, healing. Our God is alive. My, my, my question to you this morning is, how big is your God? How big is your God. Because if you don't have this context right, you're going to miss the rest. If you don't understand the, the, the bigness of God and the power of God, you're going to misunderstand Him in, in every other area. So I, I sometimes see it like this. People, you know, dead religion reduces the size of an almighty God to a, a puny one. Uh, a lady um, from our church is now in the United States. She contacted me and she said she's come, going to this church, but more traditional church, and she just wants to understand. She doesn't understand this. They say that God doesn't do miracles anymore, but she thought he did or does. <laughs> you know, and a few other things as well. I said, yeah, I said, I'm sorry, but some churches reduce. Their theology is so small that they reduce the bigness, the greatness of God to something minute. You know, so I see it like uh, dead religion is like somebody re reduces the line of Judah to a house cat. So when you're on your way to church on Sunday, you take out little Jesus out of the box. Say, hey, little Jesus, we're going to go to church. We're going to take our little box today. We're going to sing. We're going to listen. We're going to say, that was such a nice message. And then do nothing with it. <laughs> little, little kitty cat. Jesus. God, when, we come, when we get home this afternoon, we're like, okay, Jesus, back into the box. Thank you. See you next week. Well, maybe life group. Maybe life group. I'll take you out again. 
But if it is reduced to a, you are in control, you are the boss, you're defining what's going to happen, how's it going to happen, because the cat is, this is a little cat. But it's a different scenario when those doors open and a lion walks in there right now. Wouldn't you say? I'm sure everybody there would be jumping onto the people over here. Ah, it's a lion. You see, you see when, when, when the lion's in the house, you know it. He's the boss now. And, and, and that is how it should be with Almighty God. He's the Lion of Judah. But now what has happened is, when, when we haven't, this is what I spoke about to quickly recap from last week, when we look with carnal eyes, fleshly eyes, if you see that image there, the, the right-hand side window, when you look through that window and you see, uh, 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 you know, it looks like a burned-down field, there's no life, there's no hope, there's no expectation of anything changing. You're just seeing what is, but not what could be and what should be. So kingdom vision is to look through the other window to see with the eyes of the living God. And you're seeing, well, what could be and what should be. And when you see with the eyes of the Spirit, then you can step into the Spirit. But when you're seeing with the eyes of the flesh, with your human understanding, you know, it's like little kitty cat thing. God is not almighty. Um, nothing's going to change. So you have no faith. You have no hope for anything to change. So your, your vision is life-altering. What are you seeing when you're looking at the different areas of your life? What are you seeing? Are you looking at it in the context of an almighty God stepping onto the scene right now. Are you seeing that? Or are you looking through the wrong window? You don't, you're not seeing with the eyes of heaven, and therefore you can't step out and partner with God. So just recap from last week. Romans 8 verse 6. For to be carnally minded, come on, say carnally minded, is death. Is death. If you see with human eyes, you will find yourself in a place of unbelief and hopelessness and ultimately death. You'll be in the flesh. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Come on, say life and peace. So when you see with the eyes of heaven, it will lead you into life and peace. It will lead you into blessing. It will lead you into partnering with an almighty God. But until you see, you can't partner. And now what happens is, if, you, if you're seeing with the eyes of the flesh, if you're looking through the wrong window, you, you, you're actually going to bind the line of Judah. Compared to when you're walking in the Spirit, and you're seeing according to the things of the Spirit, then you can unleash the line of Judah. You, can, you, can re you create an environment where Almighty God can move powerfully. You see, many Christians... Unfortunately, when they step into the flesh, they're seeing with the eyes of the flesh, they're stepping into the flesh, they actually keep God from intervening. You're actually closing the door. You're saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it my way. And you shut the door on Almighty God and uh, it's you on your own fighting your battles. While when the moment you step into the Spirit, you open the door and Almighty God begins to fight for you. And that's where you want to be. You want to you be in the Spirit. 
So I shared this last week as well. They, um, the, the one was a, a dream that Sonica had. The other one was a vision that someone saw. The dream was about a boxing ring. And the devil was in the middle of the boxing ring. And he was, he was it's the, he's the king of the flesh. So when you fight according to the enemy's way, which is according to the flesh, you're going to get clobbered. But if you step into the spirit, which is just standing under the waterfall of the Holy Spirit, and you're just worshiping God, you're enjoying God, you're in the spirit, then God moves and he breaks chains and he brings those people into the presence of God with you. Amen. So that's the, so the context I shared last week. So today I want to continue. How do you transition from the negative unbelieving, hopeless perspective into kingdom vision. How do you partner with God to unleash the Lion of Judah? Hmm? Who would like to see Almighty God fight for them? Yeah, come on. We want that. We want that. So let me pray for us, and then I'm going to share. Father, thank you that your word is powerful. Your word will not return void. It will accomplish what you've destined it to accomplish. And so, Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Speak, minister to every heart. Open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So I can give you quite a few stories. I am going to humble myself today. By sharing some stories with you of stepping into the flesh. So, around what, 17 years ago, we were young married. We were staying in a, a block of flats. And we'd already been there for about a year, year and a half. And then there was an, another lady that, that moved into one of the flats. And then there's another guy that moved in with her. And they were Christian. But weird, weird Christian. I think he would blow the shofar every morning at four o'clock or something. It was just weird. So anyway, so, so they moved in there, and, and I once spoke to this guy, and you know, this is how it works. Every, every one of us had a, a garage. You can park in the garage, in front of the garage, and then there were like first come, first serve parking areas. Now, we're living there for a year and a half, and uh, Sonic had a car, I had a car, and I would park on the first come, first serve. So the one day we were, I was away at a conference in Johannesburg, and we drove all the way from Johannesburg to Cape Town. I was super tired, didn't sleep much the previous night. The next morning, Sonica comes to me and says to me, someone wrote on your car. I'm like, what? I know, I know who this is. <laughs> so this guy suddenly claimed that one parking spot for himself. There's no sign on it. It's first come, first serve. But he has decided it's his parking spot. So now I come to my car, and with big letters, this big, he wrote on my car, and the front, and the sides. Now, I haven't slept much the previous night. I'm already a little bit irritated. Oh, so now I lose it. I'm like, I can't, I just don't know how to relate to unreasonable people. <laughs> so now I storm up to their flat, and I knock on the door, and I am worked up. I'm like, they don't, you don't do this. And I said, I'm trying to be calm and to explain what, did you, did you? And he said, yes, I did. <laughs> trying to get control. You, but I lose it. I'm like, are you nuts? 
How can you do this? Yo, so he opens the security gate and he's a biggish guy. And like, I'm like, oh my word. <laughs> uh, he's not wanting to punch me. And I'm like, I should punch you. <laughs> you know? Uh, so I completely lost my peace, my joy. I was solidly from that moment so in the flesh. So I phoned the police. I had like people, all the flat people signed this petition against these guys. I was, this is war. It was terrible. And this guy was just not going to say he's sorry. <laughs> this is one of those, he's one of those type of guys. So uh, but for like a few weeks, you know, I, I, I lost my joy. I lost my peace. Every time I walk into this, the flat, flat complex, I, I was just like burdened. I've... And what a testimony to Christians fighting. It's war. Ah. Uh, so ultimately, at some point, another Christian guy intervened, and he sort of facilitated us reconciling. But man, <clears throat> I wasn't keen. I wasn't keen. But, but looking back, I allowed this man and his behavior to define my inner atmosphere, my peace, my joy, and I fell for it. Acted, acted like an idiot, even if I'm right. You see, you can be right, but still wrong. When you're not Christ-like, you know, you can be right but still wrong when you're not Christ-like. And so the enemy and life provokes us to step into the flesh, to war in the flesh, to fight with somebody, whether it be your spouse, your child, a work colleague, family members, whatever it is, we are continuously being provoked to act like an idiot. And the result is when the moment you step into the flesh, you bind the Lion of Judah. God cannot fight for you. He cannot intervene for you because you're in the flesh. You're in the boxing ring of the flesh. You're going to get clubbed. Eh? Who's been in the flesh like me at times? Come on. Okay, we're doing humble Christians today. So I want to I open, I'm, I'm going to share a few stories because I'm, you know, we, over the last month or so, we've, we've spoken a lot about, about miracles and uh, many things that God has been doing. I, I feel that God wants to highlight something different this morning. I feel God wants to highlight relationships and the health of our hearts. You know, see, so, so kingdom vision is to see what could be and what should be. So you're seeing a broken down house, but in the spirit you're seeing a beautiful built house as the kingdom of God comes. You see, we, we can make this mistake to, to look at miracles and, 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 and think it's cold clinical miracles. That person was healed, praise Jesus. No, there's a person there. There's a person with a story. There's, a, there's somebody with a journey. There's somebody who's had lots of pain in their life or for a season. There's always a story. So I want to ask you, what are you seeing? Because we can do kingdom, kingdom, and I'm right, and we can miss the person. We can be right, but we can be completely wrong because we're missing Christ-likeness. We, we can be so focused on right and wrong that we just miss, we forget there are real people involved that get hurt 
when we, we are ungracious and unmerciful and unkind and, and our egos get in, into the way. You see, when, when, you look at, when you look at life, what are you seeing? I, I saw this picture in my mind's eye, and I, I saw people. And then I saw the hearts of people being highlighted. And, and I believe kingdom vision is to see people's hearts and to ask yourself, what is my impact on their heart? The, the way that I am relating to my spouse, what is the impact of my behavior, my words, what I'm doing or not doing? How am I impacting my, my wife? What is the impact on her heart? Or what is the impact on someone at work, you know, that you got frustrated with or angry with and you came down on that person? You're, you're right, but there's a real person here. And you can crush their heart. Are you, are you hearing me? Kingdom vision is to see people. You see, the lion of Judah, Jesus, became a lamb. For the sake of people. He hung on that cross for the sake of people. For the joy set before him. He saw lives restored. He saw people saved and healed and delivered. He saw hearts being restored. And so the lion became a lamb. So that lives can be restored. So how do we unleash the lion of Judah? How do we unleash the lion of Judah? It is quite simple but it's quite difficult. <laughs> Become like a lamb. Become like a lamb. Become like a lamb. Be humble, be teachable, be kind, and be courageous. Become like a lamb, because then God steps onto the seat. You see, God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. We are thinking, and from our perspective, I'm right. I'm like, dude, Talk to my lawyer. Don't talk to me. Talk to my lawyer. Is that God's way? Uh, no. <laughs> when the lawyers get involved, that's 99.9% .9 of the time not the way of God. <laughs> just for interest's sake, just, just that you know. Jesus actually said, let yourselves be cheated, man. I had another scenario with builders. Aish, builders. All the builders in the house. Ugh. That can work you up because there's money involved. And so we built a house in Cape Town and there was, was Muslim builders. So I was very focused on my testimony. I am a Christian. I am a Christian. I will be different. You're, and then they cheat and they lie and they scheme and they, it's on the contracts. I'm like, and you, let them cheat you. Let them cheat you. It's okay. I'm not going to lose my peace. I'm not going to lose my cool. Not going to be an idiot. Their eternal salvation is more important than 5,000 rand or whatever it was at the time. You see, God's ways are not our ways. So you first need to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you seeing? And he's like, man, I'm not so worried about you losing a bit of money. I'm your source. I will provide. But what are you seeing? So we need to become like lambs if we want to unleash the lion, I want to read this, look at this, Romans 8, verse 35 to 37. And uh, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Isn't that beautiful? Who shall, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written for your sake, we are killed all day long. Don't you love that verse? That's a put on your kitchen fridge verse, eh? Happy promise for the day. I guarantee you that's in no promise box. That does not make the promise box. For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Sure, I'm like, Lord, that's a tough few verses there. But then verse 37, and this is so powerful. It says, yet, come on, say yet. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So he's saying, there's all these things coming against us, persecution, unjust treatment, stupid people treating us stupidly. <laughs> you can't, oh, unreasonable. <laughs> How can you act like this? You know, the one time, you know, I'm driving uh, at Retail Park. I'm just coming. I'm just parking. And then this other guy comes in driving at an unbelievable rate. I mean, I didn't even see him. He was driving so fast. And he stormed. And so I opened my door. He came in, and then he hit my door as he came in. And I, yo, but he, I mean, he was driving like a crazy person. So I got up to him, what, 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 what is that? And then he said, well, if you find my peace, find my peace, <laughs> just say, sorry, man. <laughs> oh, unreasonable people, they want to press your buttons and, and, uh, and then you want to respond. Don't step back. Find your peace. But it says there, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And, and this is so foundational. If you want to live in the Spirit and from the Spirit, if you want to unleash the Lion of Judah in whatever scenario it might be, you need to know how loved you are. You need to know your heavenly Father's love for you. You need to have a revelation that He loves you, He believes in you, He is for you. You don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to prove it to anybody. You can just be. And if I would look at my, at my past, this would probably be my biggest challenge over the years is when my own insecurities would manifest and then I would step into the flesh. My own insecurities when I want to defend myself or want to, you know, even in just in a marriage scenario. The, the reason we normally fight in our marriages, well, maybe just me and Sonic, I know you guys don't fight, you know. But uh, the reason we often fight is because of insecurities that manifest. And then we step into the flesh, ego, pride, selfishness. And we're not willing to humble ourselves and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And then th unless we do that, things blow up. So, so I, I shared this about a year ago, but I, I want to share it again. So uh, an example of my wife trying to communicate with me. So uh, I've, I've always been quite passionate about Jesus. And so uh, when we were young married, like first year or so of marriage, I would take my guitar and I would just worship, but I would be loud, loud. You can hear me fall. Because me and Jesus, man, we're, having, we're going for it. This is passionate. And uh, some other people have been trying to talk to me about it as well in prayer meetings. I was so loud. I would pray so loud. I would be so loud. No one else can focus. 
So they tried to speak to me at times and I, so offended. I'm so offended. It's me and Jesus, man. How dare you? And so the one time we were, I think, on holiday, and Sonica tried again to speak to me. So she said, Andre, when you sing, you know, it's just really loud. And I can't sort of, I mean, you know, Sonica is the most diplomatic person on the planet. Really trying to nicely, you, I lost it. (laughs) Woman. How could you be so insensitive? This is me and Jesus. This is the most intimate place where I am with Jesus. And you just walk all over my heart. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling sorry for myself. Eh? And I'm like, oh, da, da. And, oh, such a blow up. Hours later, you know, come to my senses and I realize she's right. I need to listen. <laughs> you know, then I would go back and I say, hey, I'm really sorry. You're right. Gonna make some changes. I'm going to sing softly. <laughs> That's something small. It's something silly. But you know, it's those things that we fight about in our marriages. Something small. Like, would you please, you're stepping on my toe here. Emotionally speaking, proverbially speaking, you know. But, but I want to I ask this question to you. Are you willing to humble yourself and allow others to give you feedback? Are you willing to allow your spouse or your friends or your boss or colleagues to give you some feedback without blowing up? Are you open to it? Are you actually giving them space to communicate to you? I'm just amazed. Sometimes I sit with people and I'm like, this person is proud that they never say sorry to anybody for anything and not even to their spouse. I'm like, are you a Christian? Yes, 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 but a fleshly one. Because <laughs> when you want to when, when you be in the spirit, there's a place of humility. You need to become like a lamb. You need to be willing to, to own your life, your stuff, so that you can bring healing to the, your partner or, your, or a friend or, 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 or somebody. I, I think one of the most important qualities of humility is to say, I am sorry. And then you need to change. With the help of God. Amen. If you want God to fight for you, you need to step into the Spirit. How do you step into the Spirit? You must become like a lamb. Doesn't mean you allow people to walk over you. Doesn't mean that you just allow whatever. It's like, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act with godly character, and I'm going to allow you to fight for me. That's a lamb. Amen. I know this is challenging. Look at this. Lambs. Surrender. I, I, I was praying about a few weeks ago, and, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit drop this into my heart. Uh, it should be on the screen. It says, there's a dimension in the spirit realm that you can only enter through surrender. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, most people never go there. They're not willing to surrender. And I saw a picture in my mind's eye of moving into a completely another dimension of the Spirit where God moves like we've never seen or never imagined before. And the reason we move into that different dimension is called surrender. Surrendering to God. Surrendering to the Holy Spirit. This is sort of how it looks like. It's you are facing something challenging and you do not respond in the flesh. You step back and you say, God, what are you seeing? And what are you saying about this? And Lord, how should I now respond? 
So instead of leaning into the flesh in anger or, or, or ego or pride or, or arrogance or, or, or whatever it is, your insecurity manifesting, you choose to turn your heart to the Lord and you remind yourself you're loved, you're precious, you're valuable, even though my wife is criticizing me a little bit, you know, Lord, I know you love me. I know you appreciate my worship, Lord. <laughs> But you, you find your strength and your security in the Lord, and then you can respond by the Spirit. How do you respond? Do you lean into the Holy Spirit in difficult scenarios, or do you just respond in the flesh? Because that's, that's, the, that's, the that's the difficult one. Surrender is to, in every scenario, I'm leaning into the Holy Spirit. God, what are you doing? What are you seeing? So with a guy with a parking or the thing with the writing on my car, you know, what would God be saying? He'd be saying, Andre, this is a beautiful opportunity for you to learn to love somebody that's unreasonable. And then you're going to feel a little bit about how I feel for a lot of people on the planet. <laughs> Amen. It's an opportunity to grow in character. It's an opportunity to become more Christ-like. It's an opportunity to say, Lord, I'm, uh, I, I know I'm right, but I'm not going to defend myself. I'm going to allow you to defend me, and I'm going to grow in Christ. You see, when you draw near to God and then draw God into your scenario, that is being spirit-led. When you draw near to God and you draw God into that scenario, whether it be your marriage, whether it be a relationship with friends, whether it be a work scenario, draw near to God and then draw God into the scenario. But you need to respond like a lamb. And then he will fight for you. Let me give you an example. A strong world wife who has learned to stand. I mean, if you think about many of our ladies, from school days, you are and the boys, eh? you, you, you compete on every level in terms of academics and leadership positions and so forth. So, so our society teaches women to be strong. You need to be strong, otherwise your life's going to fall apart. You, know, you can't fall apart out there. But it's a challenge when you bring that same strongness to your marriage. Let me explain. So a lady maybe that makes the call she, at, at work, she's maybe a manager, um, and she tells people what they must do, when they must do it, how they must do it. Then she comes home, and she continues along those lines, competing with her husband, sometimes treating him like one of the children, telling what and how he should do things, and then she wonders why is he pulling away. She thinks, man, I'm going to tell him because he needs to shape up, so I'm going to tell him what bad husband he is, and what terrible daddy is, because when I tell him that, then he's going to shape up. Do you know that doesn't work like it? It backfires. It, the opposite happens. The more we break one another down, the less fruit we're going to see. And she thinks these harsh words will cause him to shape up. The result is basically she's stepping into the flesh. She's saying, I'm going to change this man. I'm going to help him to shape up and ship up. But she's stepping out of the spirit into the flesh. She closes the door. She binds the line of Judah. And he can no longer come in and actually bring change to her husband. Are you seeing it? This is super important. In our culture, we are learned this is how you do things. 
Not, not according to Scripture. Not according to Christ's way. We need to become like lambs so that we can allow the line of Judah to come and bring change. Do you want to be a lamb or do you want to be a loser? Because <laughs> there's only two options. <laughs> Lamb or a loser. Surrender to Christ. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Choosing godliness and God fights for us or we lose. So when we try to change another human being, you know, that's a terrible burden to carry. Trying to change somebody, whether it be your children, spouse, friends, whoever it can be. You can love them. You can be kind to them. You can be, uh, release words of life and blessing over them. But you, 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 you cannot change another human being. I believe there's so many people who get into the flesh because they're trying to change another human being. The spirit would be, I'm, I need to take responsibility for my own heart. That spirit, uh, I, I need to change. I need to become more godly. I need to manifest more godly character. That is stepping into the spirit and say, Lord, I can't even change myself. So please, Jesus, help me. So you lean into the spirit to help you change. Amen. So uh, another example humbling myself. Um, so we, we just came out of this missions uh, week in Cambridge. Uh, a lot of awesome things were happening, man. I was like, yeah, God is awesome. God is with me. God is with us. And so I could see my wife isn't herself. So I'm like, husband's first question, is it, is it me? <laughs> so I said, het ek iets gedoen? So I often ask that question, and then when I don't get a good answer, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> it's me. So then after a while, she said that she doesn't want to talk to me. So in the sense, she doesn't want to say because I'm going to be angry. It's like, you know, you need to talk. Otherwise, you're not going to sleep tonight. So let's talk, you know. And now I'm tired. I mean, I've, I've been a month of a lot of stuff. I am tired. The fruit of the Spirit is low. I'm like, Jesus, come now. If my wife says something that pushes my button, help me, Jesus. And so now she shares with me, she says, basically, she, she's at her end. Because at least the last month from before that time she spoke to me, I, I haven't been helping in the house. So I haven't been packing out the dishwasher. I haven't been helping with washing dishes. I haven't been, I haven't, I've just been, my mind's been other places. Now, 15 years ago, Andre, woman, do you have any idea or the pressure that I am carrying, leading a church and doing this, and then and I'll give you a list of 50 things, all these things that I'm doing, do you have any idea? And then you come with this nonsense, helping in the dishwasher. Now, praise God, that was not my response. My response was inside, Jesus, help me now. I, I listened, and I heard her, and I realized she's right. And I came to the conclusion, man, if Jesus can die on the cross, I can pack a dishwasher. <laughs> Amen. I was like, self-talk, Andre. Time to grow up. Come on. You can do this. Do the dishwasher. And then when I do the dishwasher, then I'm like, Jesus, are you seeing? 
I know this is bonus points. I know this is bonus points. These are bonus points. So that's sort of, <laughs> but it was a good moment. It was a good moment for, for, for you see, what, what, what happens is we justify ourselves. And we don't hear our partner. We don't hear where they are coming from. You know, they, they say when we are, normally when there's conflict, there are two people talking and no one's listening. Because the one's talking, you're already thinking, what are you going to say back? <laughs> no. Be quiet. Stop your internal justification as well. You see, I know that my, my, my wife's heart is, is, is life or death for us. If I lose her heart, if she can't say what she needs to say, if she can't be herself, I will lose her and the intimacy will leave the relationship. So I know I need to manage that. I need to give her space to communicate and I need to be willing to change. Being like a lamb is a willingness to change. A willingness, because someone say, well, I've been doing this like for 40 years like this, eh? Time to change. <laughs> Time to change. We say, oh, well, this is how I've always been. Time to change. If you want a healthy marriage, if you want healthy relationships, if you want love to flow there, if you want the line of Judah to fight for you, you need to be willing to change. And only God can help us to change. Amen. So, is there somebody in your life where you need to make a little space for them to allow them to communicate? And then the way, guys, the way we communicate is life or death. When it comes to how a, a, a lady speaks to her husband, it must be with respect, must be with honor, must be with humility, and the same way for the husband to the wife. Amen. Because the question is, do you want to be a lamb or do you want to be a loser? Do you want the almighty God in your corner, or do you want to be on your own fighting in the flesh? God's ways are not our ways, and you, we can't do it in our own ability. So a few years ago, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. If you want to stay in the Spirit, if you want to be in that place where the power of God works through you, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. Love people, stay in my presence, and I will do the rest. Love people. Stay in my praise. Don't get bitter. Don't get offended. Don't get angry. Continuously turn your heart to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, help me now to love well. So look at this. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. It's Paul the Apostle, one of the most crazy verses in the Bible, revealing the upside-down kingdom. He said that each time he said, this is Jesus speaking to Paul in the midst of the trials he was facing. And he said, to my grace... Is all you need. My, my power is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Come on, say weakness. Weakness. In other words, you need to realize you are weak and you need to take off the mask and be willing to show weakness. The first prophecy, prophetic word I received like in 1997 was from a prophetic guy from the Ukraine. And this was the word he gave. He says, God is going to do unbelievable things through your life, Andre. But people are going to look at you and they're going to like, but he's so ordinary. How is this possible? And I love that. Because we're not here to glorify ourselves. We are here to point to Jesus, saying, man, if my marriage is working, hallelujah. 
It's not because of me. It's because of the grace of God. Amen. So we, we are supposed to be ordinary. We are supposed to lay the mask down. We are supposed to share our weaknesses so that Jesus can be glorified. But it says there, my power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. So the power of Christ can work through me. Amen. I'm going to boast of my weaknesses. I'm going to boast of, well, I am not a natural helper in the house. Man, I need help from Jesus. I get distracted with other things. But this is my weakness, God, and I know I need to do this because I need to show my love, my wife, that I love her. You show your wife that you love her when you help in the house. So another example, just ending off in a moment. Let's say a hard-nosed husband. I'm not allowed to pick on the ladies only. Let's, let's talk about the men. A hard-nosed husband who's insensitive to his wife's needs. Uh, he's not willing to listen, and he's not willing to change or to get help. And he's not willing to humble himself and say, I, I'm sorry. Steps on her heart, steps on the kids' hearts. He's irritated with his wife. Oh, she's emotional again. Woman, oh. And he wonders why she's pulling back further and further. He's wondering why the relationship doesn't have fun anymore and joy anymore. And he doesn't realize that he's damaged her heart. And he's on his own. <laughs> and he's a Christian. Christian man. But he's on his own. He's in the flesh. The line of Judah is not going to come in and make her heart soft until you humble yourself. And you say, honey, forgive me. I've been insensitive. I haven't been aware of what's been going on in your life and the pressures you've been through. Please forgive me. I want to make right. Tell me, where can I help? What can I do? Let's pray together. Let's ask Jesus to restore our hearts. Amen. We all miss this on one level or another. And we hear the stories in our church of men who have come to Christ and how the hearts become soft. That's the evidence of meeting the real Jesus. Hearts becoming soft towards wife and kids and others. So I want to ask you this morning, has Jesus touched your heart? Is Jesus, is, is, is your marriage or your relationships or your friendships, is it in the spirit or in the flesh? Is it in a place where God can release his life into your relationship or not? Just a very shortly, just an example. If, how do we step into the flesh? We step into the flesh when we try to do things that only God can do. So you take on a burden to do something. I need to save that person. Yeah, you can't. Jesus is the Savior. You can't save. Oh, I'm going to change that person. No, you can't change that person. Only Jesus can change that person. Yeah, whatever it might be, we take on things that we should be giving over to God. Maybe in your, in your business, you, you, you're carrying pressure because you are, you are trying to do things that ultimately only the blessing of God would bring. And this one scripture says, some sow, some water, but God brings the increase. We often try to bring the increase. How am I going to get the customers in? How am I going to make this thing work? How am I going to let it go? Become like a lamb, hand it over to Jesus. Jesus, this is your business. Give me wisdom, guide me, but I'm handing over the burden because when you're carrying the burden, you will be in the flesh and you will treat other people 
as you should not be treating them. Because you're going to manifest out of your fear, out of your anger, out of your frustration, out of your anxiety, out of your worry about the future. So you need to hand it over. So that's the one way we step into the flesh, is you try to do things that only Jesus can do. Sonic and I must do this often. We say, God, I can't save people. I can't be there for everybody. Jesus, you God, I'm not God. I resign every Friday. I resign. Family day. I, kla. Jesus, take your church. Take your church. <laughs> so the one way is to, in the flesh, is you're taking on things that only God can do. Another way that we step into the flesh is we are trying to earn something that God has already made available to us by faith. You're trying to earn your purity, trying to earn your righteousness, trying to earn the love of God, trying to earn. You're going to be in the flesh, and you're going to disconnect yourself from God. So ending over this verse, Revelation 5, verse 4 to 5, it says, this is John the Apostle. He was taken up into, into, into heaven, and he saw this incredible scene of the throne room of God. And it says, that, Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. There was a scroll, and it was like the plans and purpose of God into the earth. And then it says there, what one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir of David's throne, he has won the victory. And he is worthy to open the scroll. And it's seven seals. I have good news for you. There's one who has won the battle, the victory, the war. has already been won through Jesus Christ. Every area of your life, Jesus has already paid the price for it. He's already overcome it. He's already made provision for it. We fight from victory, not for victory. And Jesus is worthy. Jesus, the king, the lion of Judah, he is worthy. He's worthy of you and me surrendering our lives to him and trusting him, whether it be your marriage, your business, your finances, your relationships, whatever it might be, you can trust him. Amen. Please stand with me. So how do we unleash the lion? Become like a lamb. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Lean into the Holy Spirit in every area of your life. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.